Hello and welcome back to another week of Kent and the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, my good mate, Phil. Hey-o. Un- Hey-o, indeed. Uh, unfortunately, Kent can't be here this week. He's a little busy putting a new fang in the Tone Arm Cobra. Anyway, on with the show. Uh, Mr. Philip, how are you? I'm well, Drew. How are you? Not too shabby. That's the way, indeed. Another week of fun and frivolity Another. here in our, our little podcast. Pokey little podcast onto episode 64, I believe. Oh man, it's like that it's like that Beatles song, When I'm 64. Who would who would have thought, you know, when we were back in the day recording uh, episode 1 that we'd find ourselves at episode 64. Yes, valid. Um I don't think that I I, I think this despite the fact that we're both very committed to this thing rolling on and us being, you know, Let's be real uh, firm with this and make sure we get it done. I don't think I did picture it getting to episode 64 and this actually being kept up and maintained as a weekly thing, at least anyway. I I would agree. I think um, you and I, each in our own little journeys, have tried so many different projects each and have never quite seen them reach such a point. Mm -hmm. So it's both terrifying and exciting to know that this is still going. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I can completely agree. Absolutely. But we all, we always said this show's our little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Our, our escape for the week. Whatever happens, we'll always have Kent and the steering team. Whenever Kent shows up. Whenever he's... I mean, yeah, he's just always around. He's a busy man. Very busy man. We do, we do see him in between episodes, just so you're you're all aware. I know, I know that um, you, the listeners, unfortunately miss out on hearing his wonderful voice but we we do have that privilege we we do get to have conversations with him during the week and and um, he is a man full of insight always and he's always very apologetic that he never makes it here in time oh yes yes but he is very happy with how the show is going um he said so himself the other day Mm -hmm. and and in the spirit of that we he did and in the spirit of that we we charge on episode 64 well, Phil, what have, what have we got on the show this week? Um, we have the wild weather of Sydney. I know that it's often uh, the cardinal sin of radio or podcasting to talk about the weather, but we're going to discuss the weather. Uh, we've also got for you um, a little bit of talk on Jurassic World, because you went and went back and, and rewatched Fallen Kingdom. Indeed. Um, perhaps if we get to it, a little bit of Uncharted talk on my favorite game series of all times. You've been playing that. Um, yeah, that'll be good fun. And then, of course, the sad uh, passing of the creator of SpongeBob. Indeed. Um, passed away yesterday, US. Well, today for us, yesterday for the US. Yes. Well, yesterday's in today for them, but it's yesterday for us in the US. I don't know, Correct. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, and uh, am I missing anything? No, I think that covers our whole show. Oh, that there's that little segment we do at the end each week. Oh, of course, yeah, the, the yeah that segment. Of course, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll squeeze that in. We'll get that in. We'll make it happen. Indeed, but on to uh, hold my coke, which I, I think is the uh, perfect category for this week's um, this week's discussion about our wild weather, because well, it, it has been a hold my coke moment. Oh, gee, hold your coke if you can. Jeez, because yeah, the weather has holding the umbrella with two hands. 
Yes, absolutely. Well, I again, I was in the city today, so I had to hold the umbrella. Um, you were indeed. Uh, trying to catch public transport as well. Um, you know, Town Hall here in Sydney uh, was... Uh, sections of it were closed off because the amount of water coming in through the roof of it it's an underground station but water dripping in through the roof i shouldn't say dripping pouring down into the the um the station uh i managed to miss all that i got i steered clear of it i managed to both leave home and get to the city and leave the city and get home during two kind of lulls in the weather by pure chance when i say lull i don't mean it was dry i mean it was still pissing down rain but and the wind was still you know blowing a gale but um you know there weren't thunderstrike or lightning strikes there weren't um the wind was uh, the rain wasn't completely horizontal uh, mm. and also i could at least see about 10 feet in front of me um yet chaotic weather i i uh, looked up at one point um that near where i live we had uh 70 mil of rain in two hours was about the same um, where I am as well. Um, for those of you not aware, uh, Mr. Philip and I live about half an hour apart, mm-hmm. which isn't that far when you think about mm-hmm. it. But yeah, uh, it's it's the difference between um, s- uh, what are you technically South Sydney? Well, I'd say Sydney Airport to Sydney Olympic Park. Yes, yes. So yeah, yes, just south of CBD versus in a. Like outer inner west. Well, I'm see, I'm inner west. Tempe's inner west. I just said you're, the suburb name. Tempe's inner west. Your inner inner west. Homebush's outer inner west. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now you all know where he lives. And you all know where you live. Well, hang on. No, but so, but no. Well, Tempe's on the border. Like I, I'm really close to the border of the inner west. And you're really close to the border of the inner west on the other side of the inner west. Yeah. We're on the opposite edges of the inner west. It's a good place to be. Inner I, West I is best. Yeah, it is best. Absolutely, it's best. It's comfortably best in this uh, crazy town. Um, it's not the cheapest, but... No, but it's, it's not, most enjoyable. It's not bad. It is the most no, enjoyable. Lots of pop-up was... burger places, too. Yes, indeed. And just also nice places to drink. Um, mm. Weather. The weather was horrific. I remember... I haven't woken up at... I haven't woken up at about five thirty, six o'clock in years unless of course i've had a flight to take or something like that you know but i've this morning i got woken up at i think five to six or so because of thunder strikes and because of the pelting rain on the roof here oh, um wow. yeah I, I don't normally get i can you can i can hear the rain because it's a tin um tin roof it was but, bloody loud though wasn't oh, it oh my god like it, it was properly it, loud it's like i'd left like my phone on full volume with like white noise playing like it was properly yep. loud there was um, there was some kind of big smash of of lightning and thunder and rain and whatever at about five twenty this morning and it woke me out of a dead sleep. I mm. just went bolt upright. Was like, what is happening? And then I remembered crazy weather day. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and just went back to sleep. And see, I I um I can sleep through an atomic bomb, but clearly this out you know out out noised uh, an atomic bomb. Like I woke up. Like I, oh, yeah. again, I sleep through anything. I struggle to wake up. I have to have about six alarms as lots of people do, but I am such a deep sleeper. I looked out my window this morning. As soon as the sun started to come up, because of course I woke up before the sunrise because of the, again, flashes of lightning, the sound of, of the thunder and the heavy rain. But uh, when I finally could get some uh, visibility outside or some light outside, um, I have a tree at the back of my backyard. It's about 
maybe 10 meters from my bedroom window, I couldn't see it because the rain was so heavy. Like I genuinely, this is not over exaggeration, I could not see it. The amount of rain pouring out of the gutter of the roof, the amount of rain um, or water on the ground, and then just the amount of rain, just the sheets of rain pouring mm. down, I could not see that tree at all. And the wind was, again, when I finally, the visibility cleared up, the rain was just so hard and so like forceful. Um, to be in the city, do the walking. Thankfully, there's some um, awnings over the shops, but uh, yeah, geez, well, like, you, you were you were really fortunate, weren't you? You were telling me uh, before that you went through town hall today before mm-hmm. the partial roof collapse. I, I just made it through. So again, I, I got to said jury duty today. Um, <laughs> I I, re- I reported for duty. Get it? Yes. Yep. Um, anyway, I did. I forgot to say that when I got there, which is I'm, I'm really disappointed about. Um, I got to there and I sat down for my long day of doing nothing and opened up Facebook. And about 10 minutes later, I saw the post about the roof collapse. And I was like, oh, I was literally just there. But I got through. And then on the way home again, again, I I caught a lull. So I managed to to get home in time and um, didn't get destroyed by weather. Thankfully, my my legs got a little bit wet. But um, yeah, the worst part was that and I knew this was going to be the crap part was the trains. Yeah. had such poor air conditioning on like or such little air conditioning on that the heat and humidity of all the people in that train plus the the wetness of everyone from the rain mm. that was like a sauna in there like oh my god it's awful jeez horrific that's insane all right so so you reported for jury duty it, it's reminded me of something that i wanted to mention to you for the last day or two and i've clean forgotten until this very moment so what better time than now did you read that Jerry Springer's got a new show? No, I did not. Judge Jerry. What? I can't make this up. <laughs> what the hell's... Do tell? It look, Do we know it more? Looks like, it, it looks like he's going to be taking on Judy for that kind of show. I saw I saw a picture of him in, in his outfit ready to, um, ready to sit up the top and but pass judgment. He? I don't know. Like, is he a judge? But he's but he's got a show, Judge Jerry. No one will ever beat Judy, though. It's oh no no no. She's the I, I was reading something today. She's now the highest paid television host or something. I'm not surprised. Yeah, but She's Judge Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. That's gonna be interesting. I'll watch it. I'll have a look at it. But oh, it'll be Judy's hilarious. Voice. Oh yeah, um, crazy. That's that's mm. absolutely crazy. Where did this weather come from? Sorry to bring it back to the weather, but where did it come from? What the hell happened? Because it was fine yesterday. We went from a dust storm to torrential downpour. We went to a, to a we went from a dust storm to suddenly having about you know a, 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 an hour and a half flight north of here having bushfires to now having this heaviest rain in how many years? Forty four years since Sydney had a had a downpour like that in one day and two months worth of rain in a day is what we have to see insanity like it's just totally ridiculous um you know i i i I feel like it it could be the book of revelation coming coming true well it's totally i guess it's totally true because again i was gonna say and it makes total sense seeing as it's 44 years i can't remember a time when it's ever had i've I've ever seen so much rainfall not not down here i um 
growing up in the Blue Mountains, there mm-hmm. there is a lot of rain up there, and mm-hmm. and we used to walk to school in weather like that. But oh it just it was always that that weird thing where we knew it happened to us up there, but it just would never happen in Sydney. Not no, the life. basin stops it; it doesn't allow it to happen. Yeah, no, and we, no, and we just it. we used to just pray that it all went into Warragamba. Yeah, exactly. Again, yeah. I wonder how much of it. I wonder how much of this rain actually helped farmers in need and helped I, dams because it's just ridiculous. It was if it's over the city, like it's just totally unfair. I read a few news reports that said that it did not help nearly as much as they would have liked it to. Yeah, great. So the city's got absolutely berated and by for no reason at all. Um, oh, yep. like again, I, I can't. I've never seen rain as heavy as that. Looking outside, I've never had such poor visibility. I've never heard it so heavy. And so, like, volatile outside. And again, the thunder and lightning. So early in the morning, I, I can't... I can almost recall, like, on one or two, like, two hands, the amount of times that I've been woken up to thunder and lightning in the morning. Normally, it happens, like, in the summertime after a hot day. So, therefore, mm. in, the ev- in the evening or in the night. Yep. Not really in the morning. Like, it's bizarre that it happened in the morning. It's nice to wake up to the rain. Yeah, not nice when you have to go There's- out in it, though. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I felt awful for you for that, and I felt completely and utterly gleeful for myself that I did not have to mm-hmm. leave the house until much later in the day. But, yeah, it's... Oh, ugh, just gives me bad memories of walking to school in the rain. That's just horrific. Yeah, again, I, the rain was real heavy, the wind was real heavy, and um, I kept looking at the weather yesterday because I knew that I had read... Just very briefly, I say that this was coming and there were weather warnings and stuff like that. And, you know, I was getting reports saying that there was meant to be thunderstorms yesterday afternoon and then last night and that they weren't happening. And then suddenly it was meant to happen at the middle of the night and that didn't happen. And I was like, okay, maybe it's not going to come at all. Maybe it's just going to turn up, turn out to be light. Like, we're going to get all these warnings. It's going to be nothing. No, it was, it was pretty volatile. That was, yeah, pretty real. That was Mm. bad. Oh, yeah. That was a real thing. Crazy. Crazy. Truly crazy. Absolutely. Just Sydney things. Sydney. Um, yeah, that was uh, Hold My Coke then, I guess. Uh, shall mm. we Shall we move it on to what we're discussing off air, which was, of course, you uh, rewatched Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, we had some interesting things to say about that, about how you know, I did thoughts indeed. about it. I, yeah. um, I took advantage of JB Hi-Fi's little 20% off sale that mm-hmm. they ran over the weekend for Black Friday slash Cyber Monday mm-hmm. and picked up Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I'd, I'd been holding off until they had it on sale. Yeah. Um, got home last night and just desperately wanted to watch it again. Um, I don't think I'd watched it since the cinema. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd gone... I went... How many times did I go? Twice? I think I went twice. I think, yeah, I think I did too. I went once with you Mm -hmm. and then I went once with someone else. Um, Yeah, no, look, I I went back and watched it again. And for those of you that listen to us talk enough, you know that Jurassic Park is actually very special to us and very important to us. So we're we're rather critical of these films, but I've... I don't actually dislike any of the films in the series, but... I would certainly say that Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom ranks in the, in the the upper half of the films, if I rank them all. Mm. So of the five, it would sit maybe third. 
I, yes, I, I would sit it at three. I think I did try to rank them last night after I finished watching it. And I had to rank it quality-wise versus personal favourite-wise mm-hmm. as well. Because it, it's only a, one little switch in there. Um, Quality-wise, quality I would rate it one, two, five, four, three. Mm-hmm. Personal favourite-wise, probably two, one, five, four, three. I, I would say... I would say quality-wise, it would be, I guess, yeah, one, two, uh, five, four, three. Yeah. Like I'd put three at the back. Yeah. But I'd probably say enjoyment-wise, actually, it would be two, one, three, five, four. Not bad. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think I quite I think I don't I think I don't hate Jurassic Park three as shit as it is. I think I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. It's but got Sam Neill. Come it on. does. It does. And I loved it so much when it first came out and I watched it for years. It's the mm-hmm. it's the only one I have on video out it's of the, all of them. It's the only one that I saw in cinemas besides the other now the the world. I didn't one. see it in I didn't see it in the cinema. I watched it at a friend's house. They mm-hmm. they rented it. And it was one of those old big square flat screens which were mm-hmm. big at the back. Yeah. Like, like the, I mean, the really big ones. Yeah, yeah, they, they took up about a half a kilometre behind them. Yeah, yeah, but, but it was, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to describe it properly. It was this crazy old TV. No, I recognise it. A friend of mine had a Sony one like that. It looked like a proper I, flat screen. It was screen. a Sony. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was a, a nice flat screen, but it had about, yeah, yeah a kilometre behind it. And had a kind of weird stand underneath it that ran mm-hmm. all the way to the floor. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching the third one for the first time on that. But I remember as a kid, like Jurassic Park's the movie that made me love movies. Mm-hmm. The Lost World was just this whole other thing. And the idea of the dinosaurs coming off the island was just... Ridiculous. You know, when when you're six or seven years old, you know, that that's a that's an impressive thing to see and to watch over and over again. I remember taping it off the TV and just watching it repeatedly. And, and I think I even, in 1998, I got the show bag for it as well, for The Lost World. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think I've still got a, a Lost World camera from that show bag as well. Well, I, I can remember we'd seen, it's one of the few vivid memories I have going to the movies with my f- entire family. Yeah. We'd gone to see... Jurassic Park 3 in cinema and that was really cool and then we got a yep. special treat which which was to stop and have Macca's Sunday <coughs> bless you um it was a cough <laughs> oh Robert Dawson thank, then thank you anyway Robert Dawson uh we <laughs> stopped to get Macca's Sundays yep and uh then we went home because we knew that Jurassic because Jurassic Park 3 had just been out in cinemas Channel 10 were playing the Jurassic Park movies so Jurassic Park, The Lost World was on, well, Lost World Jurassic Park was on this night. It was a Saturday night. So yep. we just got home from seeing the movies in like late afternoon to evening, had the Macca Sundays, got home, turned on the TV to watch Jurassic Park or The Lost World Jurassic Park. And I quickly put in the tape and I hit record on it. And I watched that tape so many times in so many years. Um, <laughs> and I remember I'd missed the whole, I, I somehow still knew the beginning of it, which was how the girl gets injured on the island because the family are there illegally and they're rich people. And then um, Ian Malcolm's there at the train station. It looks like he's on the island and it scares yep. the mum. 
Then he's yep. at the house with, um, you know, um, Lexi and Tim, the running yeah, down ex- the stairs and they're a bit older and talking to John Hammond and stuff like that. And then suddenly they're at, talking about the, um, the setup of everything. And then the next scene is they're on the boat on yep. the way to the island. So channel 10 had an ad break between those two things. So the tape started as they were on that boat there. Oh, and it had that piano or that, that harp music or the piano music that I don't know. I can't do it, but you know, yeah. So it had, it, it, it was terrific. I still remember that tape and I somehow, I think I'd only seen the movie once before that with the whole intro and I knew the intro like in my head. So I had no problem. The fact that I missed it on tape, but I can still remember that day like so vividly. I I remember that so much. Again, it's like one of, one of only two, you know, memories of going to the movies with the, the whole family trying to remember going i remember going to movies before my sister was born mm-hmm. i remember my parents took me to see the wiggles movie mm-hmm. and i remember they gave me the choice i could either see that or flubber and i couldn't make up my mind even standing in the ticket line i couldn't choose mm-hmm. and then we got up to the front and my decision at at the age of five was already based on the judgment that I was fairly confident I would see another Robin Williams movie in the cinema, mm-hmm. but that I may never see the Wiggles in the cinema ever again. That's a very valid, that's a very intelligent decision. And I was right. And, yeah. and I've, I've never regretted that decision. I remember going to see, I remember going with mum and dad to see Jungle to Jungle in the cinema. I remember, I remember, oh no, see, I do remember a couple more times going to the movies now. You just sparked the memories now they're all flooding back. I remember we saw Flubber in the cinema, and I remember yep. we saw Bicentennial Man in the cinema. Oh, that would have been cool. Bicentennial Man was a great movie. It's such a, mm. it feels like it, was it underrated? Like, it feels like it was underrated. It was. It was. It kind of flew under the radar when it came out. I thought it was a great movie. Again, it had Sam Neill in it. Yes, it did. Ah... Uh... It's that, it's, that, it's that late 90s sci-fi that just gets overlooked. Or late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, but this was... It was really... really like well AI. Done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember going to see... I went and saw AI as well. We saw AI Did you? as well. Yeah, we saw AI. AI. Oh, um, I watched it at home, like, years was, later. AI felt really distant and very... Didn't... It felt very cold. Very cold. It is, though. Hmm. Yeah, that Teddy. Mm. Um, to bring it back to Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Um, I I can't remember how I felt straight after seeing it, but now my judgment on it is that, and whether it's the same as just after the movie or not, after seeing it in the movies or not, that it is better than Jurassic World. I remember you were happy with it after seeing it. Yeah, I remember... Like, like you were happy in, with it. I was in two but, minds. I was happy with it because I could tell they had more animatronics, and it turns out they do. They're mm. the, the what the third most or the, the the most since like the Lost World or something like that. Yeah. Um, they went to the island and we saw the car like where the car was on Jurassic uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, the you know I appreciated the island. Yeah. I didn't appreciate. I, again, I totally get it to the fact why they're in a mansion for so much of the movie, but I didn't appreciate the fact that we're limited to literally our house so much of a movie like I felt like the storyline kind of got jogged out I totally get why they did that by the way but I felt like the story almost got bogged down by them just giving us this whole movie set in our house when it's a Jurassic Park or Jurassic World movie 
again. I think I have more. I think I have more appreciation for that mansion. Mm. Watching it again at home now. Yeah, fair enough. And and where, also where I can pause it and think about it. I I also then appreciate more that you know, like you said, Colin Trevorrow when he pitched it to Spielberg, it was unlike Jurassic Park, and this is what we said off air where Jurassic Park one, two, and three were just three consecutive movies in the same world about the same thing. Jurassic World has been set as a three movie trilogy with a start, a middle and an end, each movie being a different point. So as opposed to the first three Jurassic Park movies, which were, yeah, completely individual standalone movies, which happened to just be in a story. This is the continuation. This is a complete story. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And I, I get why they're doing it. And I know that they can't tell too much of the story, but also it's, you know, I, I do want, as, as much as I think that they're almost a little bit more hollow than what Jurassic Park 1, 2, and even 3 was, um, I do appreciate that I, I I want more Jurassic movies, and therefore I'm totally okay with, I guess I'm totally okay with them being, well, I guess I am okay, not totally okay, but I'm okay with them being not so complete. I found out, watching watching all the special features, mm-hmm. that Ian Malcolm's dialogue in Fallen Kingdom was directly out of Michael Crichton's book. Really? Really. That's fantastic, then. Not, not just that, but a lot of the dialogue and themes that came out of Fallen Kingdom were mm. from the original novel, and that they were trying to make make the point that this was to bring it back to Michael Crichton's vision, even if the story is theirs to be original, they mm. wanted it to have to have that track back where we're like, right, we're talking about the ethical dilemma of what the science can bring about. And yeah. then now now that the box is open, you can't put it back in the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, re- it's really interesting. That is interesting. And I, and I think it adds this genuine quality to the film that maybe Jurassic World didn't have. And I, d- I don't think Jurassic World should have had it either because Jurassic World is meant to feel as plastic as the park is. And and they, they're pretty open about the fact that they made it that way. Mm-hmm. They wanted it to feel stale and plastic like the theme park because that's what the theme park should have been. That's why they were pretty open about having the sponsorship in the movie showing the the samsung innovation center and having margaritaville there they they loaded it up as much as they could even joking about how verizon wireless presents the indominus rex i see with the 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 movie was completely in on the joke i and see with the product placement i i get that it was a joke but me before that i didn't know that it was a joke and therefore it just came off as if like i i was almost appalled by it i can i get Mm. that that was almost the point like i get it but at the same time they did a for a joke they did a an amazing job of really properly advertising things um and i think yeah think yeah and i think that despite the fact that it was a joke and again that was kind of the point that was kind of what they were going for i think it negatively impacted on the story of the movie tenfold because it just um, you know, it made it feel like this was a money grab rather than them giving a shit, and therefore, because it looked like they weren't giving a shit, therefore it didn't matter. It definitely had an impact in mm. there. 
but but again, it, that was the point, and I I respect that. I totally get it. But again, I think it. I think they. I think the joke should have been more obvious that it was a joke, and, and no no doubt it was certainly you know about making money, and and definitely product placement was definitely something that was important to them. Hundred percent. That's and that's no problem. I have no problem with that in movies. I, I I appreciate when movies use real brands rather than making up brands and stuff like that. Like I definitely. Oh yeah. I, th- I think it makes it feel more realistic. Um, but I think that they should have made it more of a piss take rather than absolutely nailing commercials at a ten out of ten level. Um, because then it just felt more like it was important. It felt like the story was based around these products rather than based around the story. So. Mm. And, and again, that's what I liked about the second one is that it didn't have that thing. And again, it does absolutely then tie into that idea that that was intentional then, and it makes it more believable that that was intentional. But I think it made the first movie just feel um, less valued and less important and, you know, like a, um, you know, they weren't respecting the Jurassic Park history by doing it like that. I, I, like. I think it feels stale when, when I think about it. I, I, I really like Jurassic World. I, I really do. I think it, it hits the beats that it should hit, even if it doesn't hit all of them. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do like it. I, I think they, they tried to respect it. I think a lot of it falls short. Um, I think their understanding of secondary characters was completely off the mark because... Mm-hmm. I read that there was a lot of back backstory into the into the squad that tries to take down the Indominus Rex, like like mm-hmm. the you know, you know that that weird kind of SWAT team thing that they had. Yeah, yeah. yeah there yeah. was so much backstory written in for those guys, and yet none of it ever made it to screen. They just looked like guns for hire that are there for two seconds. If mm. you compare that to the Lost World, where you actually have a fairly good understanding of all the mercenaries that are there, absolutely, you do. You know like, some like, of their names. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's so much more um, investment in character there, whereas I think they're trying to barrel you through the park very quickly in Jurassic World. And see, that's 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 probably my biggest complaint about the Jurassic World movies versus the Jurassic Park movies. Um, and whether or not that's because this is three three different stories you know well one complete story stretched mm. across three films or whether it's because the writing's just not as good like just absolutely is not as good i don't know um, i'm more i'm more inclined to think that well i would agree that i think i am more inclined to uh, that's, yeah. that's what it is <laughs> the, the writing doesn't feel as substantial and if you think about the first one again i think i've said it on here before several times the first movie jurassic park doesn't have a lot of characters in it, and if you think about it, is if you think about it as an action movie, it's a really, it's, it's a completely different action movie to any other action movie. You think of it as a thriller, yeah. it's a completely different thriller to any other movie. You think of it as a sci-fi movie, it's a completely different sci-fi. Like it, it's a completely different movie to every other sort of movie that it would fit into in the in terms of genre. It's a very different written thing. It's a very detailed story. If you you know, every single time I go back and watch it, I, I think of, you know, the detail to it a little bit more. I, you know, it took a long time before I realized that at the very start, when you see the lawyer going to the um, the mine where they're, they're mining yep. the amber, yep. the discussion is about John Hammond. And the reason why he's not there after the man was killed in the opening scene 
is because his daughter's having a divorce and so he's with there. Well, the lawyer's pissed off that he's not there. Then when they're in the car, uh, John Hammond and the lawyer, they're talking, sitting there talking and the detail of the conversation about the shareholders and stuff like that. Like, just the detail that goes into the conversations is but phenomenal. All, and all of a sudden, everything clicks. Of course, the kids came to the island for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Their mum is getting a divorce. Exactly. So he's gone, yeah, I'll take the kids for the weekend. Get them away. And then, and then that gives you a little bit more appreciation for Jurassic World as well, because mm-hmm. they paralleled that with the kids going to spend the weekend at the park with their aunt, because yeah. their parents are getting a divorce. But see, the they, difference the difference between Jurassic Park and well, the quality of Jurassic Park and the quality of Jurassic World is so evident exactly in that because Jurassic screenwriter. Park, yeah, Jurassic Park feels the need to do it through having interesting background conversations which you'd think and, and the first time you see it the first couple of times I saw it were just pass off conversations turns out the whole thing's really interesting and it's all about the same story They're, all backstories are talking about the same bloody thing you just don't know it whereas Jurassic World feels the need to show it visually because they think well you're too stupid to understand if we have a background conversation or we haven't thought about having a background conversation or we haven't done this in the background like that's, that's nothing so many... happens in the background and it just feels more lazy and less interesting and more cheap and less detail and less care. But that's like it, so so many stories and so many films today. Well, exactly. I, I, that's I, why I, I make... get pissed off by a film today because it feels more... There's more effects and there's more visual excitement and it's just, oh, my, look at the detail. Oh, look at I'd, that. But the story doesn't feel as deep and hearty as what movies used to. I'd make the same argument for the Terminator series. If you look at the background details of Terminator 2 versus, let's say, say Terminator Genesis. Absolutely. Which wouldn't be a bad movie, except for the fact that it's sitting within a franchise of great films that it just happens that it falls flat. It's not actually... Terminator Genesis is not a bad movie. It's actually quite quite a strong film. I really liked it. It just doesn't hold up with the others. No, exactly. Where it just doesn't hold up with the first two. And... And it, because nothing ever has. No, exactly. You can't. You, like Terminator Two is one of the greatest movies of all time. You know, yeah. it just is. And to try and beat it as a sequel to beat the original, and then to try and beat that again, you can't. Like it's just phenomenal. They've hit something fantastic. We'll see what if what they can do in the next couple of years. But, mm. um, yeah, <coughs> the, the story just doesn't feel as detailed. And in Jurassic Park, the, or the Lost World, Jurassic Park. It it feels like it hits the same sort of. It's more of an action movie, but it but they they painted it as that, and they they know yeah. what they're doing. But even then, Whereas- the background the background details are still the background details. I, I I still think Fallen Kingdom is better than Jurassic World for for a great many reasons. Oh, oh but, yeah. But it will still come down to the f- and and we are comparing writers here and. Um, Colin Trevorrow, even though he did not direct Fallen Kingdom, he has written it. Mm-hmm. And I I don't think he's a bad writer by any means. I just think that he's a product of the current generation of writers. And that is what lets him down. Whereas if you look at the person that wrote the first two Jurassic Park films, mm-hmm. the scripts were both written by David Kep, who... I, I personally, I think he's an outstanding scriptwriter. He yeah. wrote the scripts for Spider-Man, the first Tobey Maguire one. Which was fantastic. He, Mission Impossible. I love it. 
Um, do, 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 I'm flicking through his IMDb to see what else I can pop out of here. Um, do, 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 oh, of course, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So don't there hold that against him. No, I actually really like Crystal Skull, but you know, oh, it had it had it had a lot of misses though. It does, but <laughs> but the essence is correct. He was in a fridge for Christ's sake. They got a lead lined fridge. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why wasn't he injured? He got thrown through, like, bloody space. I see your crystal skull and I raise you Temple of Doom. Okay, okay. Yep. And, that, and that's been my argument for, for ten years now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think the yeah. Temple of Doom is equally ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. Um, he even did um, Spielberg's War of the Worlds screenplay. Like Which I love, I love that movie. So many people don't like it. I love that movie so much. He also did the screenplay for Stephen King adaptation Secret Window with uh, Johnny Depp. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which he also directed that one. I didn't know that. I love Secret Window. There's a terrifying Yeah, that was really movie. good. Oh, he also wrote Panic Room. I fucking love Panic Room. Yeah, he Again, wrote that. I love that movie so much. He's a good so, writer, but... Yeah. But he's a writer of a completely different generation. But it's and a then, better generation. And again, it's I'm not mm. I'm not trying to be nostalgic, and I'm not trying to be like, oh well, no, kids, no, no. kids these days, like, like, come on, would you not rather? Like, I completely agree. Visually, movies are more spectacular. Visually, like Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom had some humdingers. That that um, volcano scene was oh, yeah. the most spectacular volcano eruption I've ever seen, and the frame rate of it, and the image of the explosion and the mountain just like blowing out the side as the T-Rex roars like oh like total like visual effects porn on the screen right there like amazing but mm. the story detail is not as substantial and just because you have a more visually spectacular movie doesn't mean you shouldn't have a story that goes with it like uh, again they're not bad stories there's just they just feel Comparing it to, like, the godfather of movie series, Jurassic Park, to me, I, I would view... Like, it's just... The reason why these two films, again, cool, they're part of a trilogy, I can't judge it entirely till we get to the end of the trilogy, but these two movies, right now, 2018, two films of the Jurassic World series have been released. Not three, just two. If I'm comparing two Jurassic World films to two Jurassic Park films... They're not anywhere near as strong because they're not because they're just weak stories and I have there are so many characters in there. If you take away the nostalgia of it, which you, if if we're looking at this like properly, take away the nostalgia value of the second uh, of, of the Jurassic World movies and look at it as a Jurassic Park movie side by side. Let's say they're not so many years down the track. Let's say they're not you know um, preying on the nostalgia of it. They're not oh the fans want Jurassic World but uh, Jurassic Park back. Let's give them that. Looking at them as four films then, two Jurassic Park movies, two Jurassic World movies, the Jurassic World movies are weak as shit. Like, they're piss poor. They're oh, yeah. really, really weak films. They're not on the same level. They're on the same level as action movies, using the nostalgia to boost their profile. They're not very strong movies. So despite the fact that I really like Fallen Kingdom compared to Jurassic World, and I, I really like, uh, I like the two movies because of the nostalgia value and because of the... You know, the visual of it all, and there's dinosaurs, and they're cool, and it's Chris Pratt. They're pretty weak films. 
Yeah, I I would agree completely. I, it's frustrating. It's deeply frustrating. Like I I. I so I enjoy in Jurassic World, my, my favorite moment is when they go to the old visitor center, right? I, I agree. Yep. Absolutely. And that jet Jeep. And, and I, I love that scene. And yet I also hate that scene because I don't think they did it right. Yeah. Like, I know. like yes, it looks correct. Yeah, I like that they picked up the, the little bit of the when dinosaurs ruled the earth. They picked up the, the part where it said ruled and and lit that to be their torch i think that's fantastic mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't explore the visitor center properly and yes there's an argument to make that yes we should move forward not not dwell on the nostalgia but if you're going to go to the nostalgia do it properly don't just go in Absolutely. there and and oh cool we're, we're going to go to this little part of it where, where the jeeps are that we never saw in the other movies no we're going to add something to the nostalgia why don't you just give us the nostalgia that we give saw? us the nostalgia and then and then to have the indominus come charging through the middle of the visitor center and that, that felt cheap it didn't again i didn't appreciate in fallen kingdom the lava i get they had a volcano i totally have no problem with the volcano oh wiping out the car i hated them wiping out the car because how dare you do that that to me is on the same level as having the spinosaurus kill the t-rex in jurassic park 3 you can't how dare you ruin the history of that island like they redeem they they redeem the spinosaurus thing in jurassic world because the t-rex comes and smashes through a spinosaurus skeleton they did in glorious fashion they ruined the car they destroyed the the lava the car thing i think was their way of doing a very literal showing of the fact that they're leaving the island that that this this chapter is closed and i i'm i respect the fact that that's where it comes from i don't know how i feel about watching it i don't like watching the car get destroyed i love that the car is there but then Mm -hmm. to see that happen to it that's a bit hard to watch Mm mm-hmm but I, I totally get where it came from. I, I, I get that you want to make the point, yeah, we're not coming back to the island. But they, they didn't have that. to do that. They didn't have to do that. But I also don't see a proper future, like, like a proper ending to the series without going back to the island. I think it should always begin and end with the island. The dinosaurs should wind up at the island. And I know they make this allusion to the fact that they've, they've bought some bit of land that'll be sanctuary for the dinosaurs. But that was bullshit, wasn't it? Well, putting the dinosaurs there was bullshit. We don't quite know whether whether that piece of land was real or not. I feel like it might have been real because Lockwood was alive to be part of the purchase of the land. But so he also, may have seen the real land. But also, why the hell don't they just take the dinosaurs to Isla Sorna? Oh, it's yeah. Just, it's a yeah, second island owned by the same company and it's got dinosaurs on it already. Just take them there. Like, what is it? Why do I have to take them to another place? Like, they have another fucking island. If we go by anything with the law of it, you know, um, yeah. Las Cinco Muertes, there's five islands. There's five islands that they own. Why don't you yeah. take them to one of the other islands? Like, why take them somewhere completely different? Oh, the logic never kicks in. And and that's what pissed me off about Fallen Kingdom the most. It's like, we bought Sanctuary. Well, how about you go to the other bloody island that they own? Instead of bringing them all the way to the US, why don't you just take them to, the, to Isla Sauna, where there's still facilities to look after because, them? Because which they're, no cl- doubt they're they clearly selling them. They're, they're not keeping them. They're, they're going to sell them. Yeah, absolutely they are. But like they, but but we're meant to believe like um, we're meant to believe that the understanding was oh we'll take them to Sanctuary because that's a great way to 
you know, oh, we're meant to go along and believe this, and then suddenly we get, like, blindsided and they're selling them. Okay, sure. But that only works if the other islands that Jurassic World Corp or InGen or whatever own don't exist. And those islands do exist because we had two films on there. And I know people will say, well, you know, Jurassic World is acting as if two and three didn't happen. Maybe. I think that's what they're trying it's, to say. It's not, though. They, they acknowledge that they happened very much. Well then, it, well, then even more so, it's like, well, we had a bloody island where, you know, Dr. Grant had the bloody U.S. Navy brought to rescue him. We had um, yeah. an island where um, InGen came to try and take islands off there to take them to San Diego. And we had this bloody B-double trailer go off a cliff along with a Jeep, uh, a Mercedes four-wheel drive, along with someone getting killed. And, you know, like we had all this history happen with these two, this, this other island that had until Jurassic World came out more screen time they're very focused on they're very focused but, on the future they they don't want to think back but but okay that's fine but like the fact that they're just pretending like those that, that wasn't the logical choice means that they either haven't haven't thought about it when writing and therefore again lazy writing or two they don't give a shit they they are trying to take this in a way that is completely different which is fine but they're not signing off the history right they're, they're just kind mm. of going no no forget it move on pretend like it that doesn't happen like no that's not how it works if you're doing something like this like they're just bullshitting the story and yet they're getting the money to do it and yet they are speaking of islands um sorry guys we waffled on around the rant or a tangent about that speaking of islands you're playing uncharted at the moment drew i decided that I had a day off and I wanted to play a video game and I looked at my games and thought oh you know what I haven't played Uncharted for ages and we had just been talking about it the other night I thought perfect I'll I'll go do it so I went to the lounge got the PS3 moved it back to my room popped the game in and then I remembered that the analog controller no longer works So I tried to use the directional buttons, but no, because of the nature of Uncharted, you can't actually... It's very cinematic. Oh, it's not even that. It's it's the fact that the um, the old directional buttons are your weapon selection. Of course, of course they are. So it wouldn't let me reprogram it. So I had a dilemma. I could either go buy a new controller, or for the very same price, I could get the first three Uncharted games... Mm-hmm. For the PS4. Decided to go with the PS4 option. Which I would completely agree and completely back up again. Better frame rate, um, higher graphic quality, and yep. on the latest latest console. And three games instead of just two. Indeed. Uh, got home, dove into it, got myself past wherever I'd gotten up to the first mm-hmm. time I tried to play the first game years ago. Mm-hmm. Um story-wise i i've always known about the story mm-hmm. with these games but i really enjoy it it feels very much like a movie and again like the first one was i was blown away by the first one the second one makes the first one look like trash like it is wow the second one is holy crap like i that just was the most revelation in a video game I've ever had was playing Jurassic Park uh, Jurassic Park playing Uncharted <laughs> Uncharted 2 you're setting a very high benchmark for this a leap forward yeah it, uh, number 2 was phenomenal the detail of the story is phenomenal 
um, my intentions are in the next couple of months to in fact go back. I was playing um, Uncharted 4 very briefly, obviously. Um, that's why we're talking about it. But um, I don't know why I was playing that. I think it's just because I haven't seen the detail again and I really enjoyed the level of detail in it and the graphics and also the storyline. And I just had a you know a moment where I was like, I want to see that and do that again. So, But I, I think I want to... I've, I've paused playing The Last of Us. Yep. I'll, I'll come back to it in a couple months again. Um, uh, but Uncharted, I need to do it again. I need to replay them through again. One, two, three, then four. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, again, like, I, and I... I, how, I how, how many hours of gameplay is the first game, would you say? I think, I think it's about 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, how I mean, many it's, it's about eleven. <laughs> the second one, second one's about sixteen. Is that 17. is that at your speed or is that? Um, the first one I play re- like quite quickly because I kind of I've already unlocked treasures and so and I don't really need to go to the detail because I get it. Like I know what's going on. I listen to the story and all the cutscenes, but I can kind of smash through it. I know exactly what I'm trying to do. Second one, I still like to explore and still like to listen to and take my time with because it's just a, and it's an amazing game and also there's some parts which are a little bit more difficult but it's just it's just such an amazing game that's so fun to explore and check out and just look around at scenes and stuff like that so about 16 to 17 looking around mm. um uncharted 3 is oh, so, some of the scenes there are so visually spectacular like unbelievable um in fact uncharted 3 still has my favorite sequence in a video game ever in it um, okay yeah uh by a long way so amazing some of the scenes in that game um but i will definitely be yeah racing through them to play them again and get that story fix and then uncharted 4 was just amazing like uh, fantastic graphics and um fantastic story and definitely the end of the line for uh, nathan drake until the movie. Until the movie. Mm. Yeah, phenomenal. But I, I again, I, I highly recommend that you continue playing. I know that they that you can sometimes get motion sickness from games, but at every opportunity, I, I, I yeah, like <laughs> say the story is just so good that you have to press on. Like, oh, not press on, but like in little bits, get play this. Look, I, I made it through a good couple of hours today. Mm-hmm. I, I told you where I got up to. I don't know where mm-hmm. you rank that within the many hours of gameplay, but mm-hmm. I, I think I made it through a, a decent chunk to begin mm-hmm. with. Yeah, I would say there's about... I think there's 20 chapters in the game. No, there's like 16, 17 chapters in the game, and I think you are... I'm at either four or five right now. Yeah, so you... Yeah, if I remember correctly. You're, exactly so you're doing fine like you're doing okay you've done a fair bit okay okay mm-hmm. good to know mm-hmm. but yeah no yeah. um very indiana jones which is what i love it's like indiana jones meets national treasure Me- meets a little bit of lara croft tomb reader as well yeah a little bit yeah yeah mm. but no, i like, I like it it's good fun me. well good i'm glad i'm glad to hear that again great story and again once you start to play the or get through them you start to see that they appreciate the characters to the point where they like to give a little bit of backstory a little bit of detail a little bit of history a little bit of information and also unwind and unravel their world as well so you can see all of it and and it's yeah like i have a 
you have attachment to the characters by the end of it all. Um, and again, as as much as it feels like a movie, it also does feel like a story. Um, or you know, just these, or like these are real people. But again, again, it also does feel like it's a movie. Like holy crap, they've done an amazing job of it. Especially when you get to the end of the fourth one, you go, "Yep, you'd be like me, and you can exactly see how you do it." If you were writing movies um, or mm. producing those movies, you can see exactly what you do. Um, yeah, fantastic, fantastic creation. You know, it takes people like that to create amazing things, and uh, we had that. Um, speaking of that, I guess as another segue, it's on to that fantastic segment. I guess um, you'll notice I missed something yes. out, something that we mentioned. But I guess this is I, I freaked out when I couldn't think of yes the, the recipient. But I guess this answers that as well. Yes. Um, that segment is the sick Kent of the week, and of course, if you want to be on the show, just like our um, previous three episodes where we had special guests on the show, you can. Um, you're in a, with a very good chance. In fact, you're almost guaranteed to receive the award, and we'd love to have you on the show. We always love having people on the show. It's always interesting and so much fun to have someone new on the show. Um, Indeed, even if you're a returning is. guest as well, it's great to have someone back on the show. You're just less likely to get the award, but sometimes there are just those outstanding people that do receive it as well. Um, not necessarily a guest. And Drew, who is this week's winner of the Sick Kent of the Week? You may not know him by name, but you certainly know his um, most famous creation. This week, we want to give it to the uh, creator of SpongeBob, Mr. Steven Hillenberg, who sadly passed away from ALS. We did mention it briefly at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show. But we did. Yeah. Um, the man created SpongeBob. He was a marine biologist. Um, he had a fascination with that sort of thing and then also had a bit of a love for animation and um, decided after having his um, his actual career to then move into animation and mm-hmm. found himself working on Rocco's Modern Life for a couple of years before then moving on to create what would become Spongebob. Yep. And for, what, 20 years now, Spongebob's been around. Which is staggering, like, to think about how long Spongebob's been around for. You don't think of it as being around for that long. N- well, no one expected it to, because the Nickelodeon programs never last that long. They usually run about a four-season cap, and then that's it. I think the rare exception has been Rugrats mm. that ran over. But Spongebob's now into its... 13th or 14th season or something over a 20 year lifespan again it's funny I, I went and watched one of my favorite episodes of Spongebob last night and that's where Patrick and Spongebob are selling chocolate door to door they're trying to be on- entrepreneurs because they uh, took a book out of Squidward's mailbox and they're trying to be entrepreneurs yep. and my favorite scene in that, <laughs> that 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 episode is they go to this uh, obviously middle aged <laughs> woman's house and <laughs> they knock on the door and they say um, hello, hello there, young lady. Now, we're here to sell chocolate. Is your mother home? And and SpongeBob <laughs> like sh- shoots a look at Squidward uh, at um, Patrick. And, you know, raises eyebrows like, haha. Yeah, I'm being real nice here. And <laughs> the lady just goes, Ma, Ma, there's people at the door to see you. <laughs> and this like <laughs> old decrepit like worm comes out in this wheelchair and goes, What? <laughs> it's just like. 
and their faces just drop. I just love it so, so much. That, That's brilliant. Yeah, it's such great <laughs> writing. It's fantastic. And it's so basic, but I just, I love it so much. That it's show a, is so good and it can, everyone can just. It's always been sharp. Mm. It has always been a sharp show. And the writing is just outstanding. And, and it's it's funny, I remember my, my dad had briefly seen an episode of Spongebob somewhere and was like, this is brilliant, like, this is hilarious. Because it's, yeah. it's really good, like, everyone can, can like it and love it. And uh, I think someone, I can't remember where the story was, but someone, I can't remember if it was on a TV show, if it was in real life, where someone was in a coma and they came out of the coma, out of the coma and the first thing they saw was Spongebob, and they just sat there watching it for a while, like, just like, wow, what is, like, what, look at, look at this, like, look, what is this? Yeah, That's it's, great. Uh, Mm. Um, it's it's a it's a great show and it's so easy to watch and um, yeah it's uh, very sad when when people that that bring such joy to the world leave us. Um, he passed way too early. He was fifty seven. You know, and, and and to something as awful as motor neuron mm. disease, um, ALS overseas. Uh, yeah, it's uh, that's not fair. No, it's something just sadly had no control over. Mm, absolutely. Um, well, I guess, you know. Mr. Hillenberg, this, yeah. It, yes, Stephen, that's the best we can do. We can give you um, this award. And continue uh, to watch your wonderful creation. Absolutely. So uh, thank you very much for that. Um, bring your SpongeBob and congratulations on being this week's Sick Kent of the Week. Uh, mm. Mr. Drew, I Mr. guess. Mr. Philip. I guess then that brings us to the, the close of another episode of Kent and the Steering Team. It does indeed. We um, we went very Jurassic this week. Yes. I'm just looking Somehow at the we... clock going, hmm, okay. <laughs> I know. I, it's funny. We always go, what are we going to talk about? And I guess we spoke, which we still kept the topics, but. Again, it's funny how something that we don't intend on taking up the majority of the time ends up being the majority of the time. Again, that's the that's the nature of podcasts. It's the, the fun about podcasting. You can kind of talk about what you want to, and you can go on and on and on about topics that you're into and that you're um, yeah passionate passionate about. And if it bores you, well, just skip ahead. You know, most devices have a fifteen second skip button now or a fast forward. So, you mm. know, so you can. You can just skip over it. You can but, avoid those parts. Yeah, but I mean, we love talking about it, and I, I we appreciate we we hope that you appreciate the fact that we're so passionate about something like that, and yes. so in love with stories. Um, but otherwise, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back with you for another episode of Fun and Frivolity next week. We'll see if we can get anyone on the show. Otherwise, you'll be back with us too, um, who you love so much. Um, yep. Um,